The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephata, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. We listen again to another healing miracle of Jesus in the gospel today, according to Mark. Then we were told at the very beginning of the gospel that we heard that Jesus left the district of Tyre to go into the district of the Decapolis. It's really important to understand the, 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 the geographical importance of this. You know, the word Decapolis uh, comes from the two Greek words deca and polis. Deca, just like, you know, like a decade, ten. Polis is the Greek word for cities. So Jesus, coming from Tyre, went to ten cities. And what were these ten cities uh, during the time of Jesus? They were pagan territories people who were not so receptive to the Word, people who did not share his customs, his traditions, and also his faith, meaning the Jewish faith. So from Tyre, he went to this pagan territory, and it's interesting that as soon as he got there, we were told that people brought to him a deaf man, who had a speech impediment. The cure of the deaf man with a speech impediment was not just meant to cure an individual person, but also to cure a greater audience, and that is the inhabitants of the Decapolis. Why? Because they were pagans. They did not believe in God. Inasmuch as the individual person that Jesus cured who was deaf and had a speech impediment, the whole community was also deaf to the Word of God and could not also proclaim 
or communicate just like the individual man the Word of God. So there are two different levels of cure happening here. The individual person, but also the district of the Decapolis as a whole. But there is a third one, the disciples. The disciples of Jesus who were not completely hearing and listening to Jesus yet at this point in the gospel. So there's the third group that Jesus wanted to heal, that wanted their ears also to be opened and their mouths or their tongue can speak plainly. But also, there's the fourth audience, and that is us, the modern listeners. Jesus continues to invite us to listen to Him, to open our ears so that we can plainly proclaim Him. The question that we can ask ourselves based on this, now that we understand the cultural and the geographical location of the gospel story, is that are there aspects in my life right now where I can say that they are in the district of the Decapolis? <laughs> Are there, are there aspects in my life right now that don't totally embrace the faith? You know, the, the, the disciples were on this situation. It took them, even after the resurrection, to fully grasp what Jesus was telling them. You know, at, at times, our hesitance or our hesitation our hesitation to accept the faith sometimes stems from what, what we hear, sometimes what we experience, the experience of great suffering, the experience of abandonment, the experience of pain, of, of extreme hurt, then all of that. And sometimes we feel like, where is really God in all of this? But also during this time of pandemic, you know, we see and we continue to experience great disunity, discord, division, not just in the greater society, but also within the church. You see varying positions on very important issues, you know, from priests, bishops, you see videos all over the place, and it's like, gosh, you know, whom do you believe? Whom do you go to as a source of, of the truth? What is there something in your life right now that is unsettled and hasn't accepted yet the totality of the gospel? The, the, the totality of the gospel. Or is there a person right now in your life that has been proclaiming something about your relationship, about that person, about your life, but we haven't really been hearing or listening. Thus, we haven't grown in that relationship. What is so interesting about this story, the, the gospel story here, was that it was the people probably friends, family, or relatives, it wasn't, uh, it, it, would, 
it wasn't explained in the gospel story. It was, it, it was the people who brought the deaf man to Jesus. You know, I want those kinds of friends. <laughs> those are the kinds of friends that I want to hang out. <laughs> and hopefully, I can be that kind of friend, that person to people. You know, um, I, I have a group of friends that we meet regularly on our days off. We take turns sometimes in hosting. And I, I was reflecting on this last night. I was like, do I bring them to a greater experience of God? It has not always happened that when priests gather that they talk holy things. <laughs> That's the truth. You know, we talk about you. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'm not kidding. No. <laughs> but you are holy. So I'm talking about the holy things. That's, that's the thing. You know, uh, friendship in the end should really lead us to a deeper encounter with God, just like any kind of special relationship. And there are times when we gather, you know, we, venting is part of it. But I was just, you know, we hope that at the end of the conversation, there is some grace and redemption and salvation that happened. And not just about gossiping. But there are times where it's like, after the venting, it's like, oh, guys, I'm not going to see you in two weeks. I don't want to hear these things again. You know, do or you don't want to hear things from me, too. Do we bring them to a deeper realization of the truth? This is a public confession. Do I, with the teachings of the church, you know, with everything that the church teaches, do I receive them, you know, like easily? Do I not struggle? I struggle a lot with some of the teachings of the church. Not that I don't believe them, because I do. I, I'm a priest. I need to uphold them. You know, I can't say just my opinions here. I speak the magisterium. But it's it easily, it's do I easily just wholeheartedly embrace it as if, you know, there's no struggle? Of course not. But whenever I struggle, whenever I struggle, how do I, you know, how, how do I take care of my doubts or the, the things that I don't understand? I always go to the heart of the church. What does the church teach us about this first? You know, the thing that's happening right now is that Whenever we sometimes, even this is even in my own family, it's my circle of friends, they, they send me tons of videos. How, you, you need to hear this blog. You need to read this. You need to, this is like, guys, you've been sending me blogs and blogs and videos. And I was like, did you ever check first what is really the teaching of the church about this? You know, sometimes faith, Sometimes our faith can be, uh, can be formed by personalities. Well, personalities help if they are right. 
But if they are not, they can be toxic. And especially for parents who have great responsibility for their kids, if they don't get it right, then they can pass it on to their children. And we're talking about generation of passing on not the truth of the gospel. You know, this is something that I, I carry with great responsibility in my heart. You know, you, you, you'll be amazed how many emails I get from people clarifying about faith, about the, the relationship between faith and politics and different things about life. And sometimes there is that temptation to just share what your opinion is. But I always try to step back and say, okay, what does really the church, the mind of the church teaches? Because if it's in contrary to the gospel, I'm going to be answerable for that in my second life. And I don't want to suffer. So that is why we need to include this in our prayer each day. Lord, open my ears so that I can truly listen to you. Lord, open my ears so that I can listen to you and just like the man in the gospel, speak plainly and clearly about you and about the gospel and about the gospel. The truth will always going to set us free in the end, my friends. It's always that. Because who is the truth and what is the truth? Just like what Pilate asked Jesus, what is the truth? Well, that the truth is not a book. It's not an information. It's a person. The person, the person of Jesus. Uh, there's just, there's great disunity right now. Even in the church, you just, you know, I don't want to be a bearer of bad news, but you know, you know it. But let's not be part of it. And how, cannot, and how can we not be, be, be part of it? By being faithful to the teachings. I cannot be wiser than the church. And when I talk about church, I'm not talking about the pope, I'm not talking about the bishops, I'm not talking about the priests. When I talk about the church, it's the collective experience of the people of God and the revealed truths of Jesus Christ. Because, you know, we have bishops who don't do their job. We have pastors who don't do their job. So we cannot equate church with its personalities. So if my position is contrary to the faith, I'm making a God out of myself. I'm making a God out of myself. I can't be wiser than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like, you're such a mess. <laughs> Carrie. Such a mess. That's what Father Peter always said at the end of his homily. God bless you.